Hey coach, welcome to another session here at the 2020 National Collegiate Recruiting Conference. I'm Dan Tudor and you are in for uh, some good informative information in this session. Uh, this is five technology trends that coaches need to know about in 2020 and I am joined by two technology experts who it's been a pleasure over the last couple of years to get to know them uh, because we've combined on a project that many of you actually have started using which is RE Recruiting, the contact management app that's becoming really popular among college uh, athletic campuses and departments. And uh, that sort of follows a lot of the philosophies and trends that we've been talking about for years and years at Tudor Collegiate Strategies. And now that's being put into a, a technology tool that coaches are using and the feedback has been really good, which, which is just exciting. Uh, so I wanna introduce you to two of the people that were a part of that. And then from a broader standpoint, they have observations about what's going on in the marketplace and what's going on with, that they've seen other college athletic departments, college coaches use to become better, more efficient users of technology. And we're gonna go over five key things that you should know about for this upcoming year. So first I wanna introduce uh, these two gentlemen, Luke Lechner and Gray Dorsett. And uh, so I'll start with this, that we have this idea for this technology app and uh, I am based right outside of Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I'm about 10 minutes from the UNC Chapel Hill campus and first connected through a mutual friend with Luke Lechner uh, in uh, the light blue, the uh, Carolina blue t-shirt there. And we started talking and uh, that Luke is hard to believe that's now almost four years ago that this idea was born and it took a lot of uh, work and then Gray came in very shortly after that initial conversation and kind of led the building of the architecture for the entire platform. And we're not here to talk about this uh, amazing recruiting tool that every coach should be using around the country, Ari. Uh, we are here to talk about technology though, but I just wanted to give you two of the people that were key in the founding of it. Um, so, and, and Luke, maybe just for a second, talk about your background because you were a former college athlete, swam at, at University of North Carolina, and uh, what what kind of got you into the technology side of, of business? Yeah, so like you said, I was a swimmer at UNC, and I was a swimmer prior to that. So uh, I guess throughout the whole process, even the recruiting process, and also being a current you know student athlete, I kind of saw a lot of flaws. Whether that was not agreeing with how recruiting trips were done, you know, current you know management practices, things like that, and also just how you know. What excited me a lot was team culture and things like that, as far as the, on the athletic side. So that kind of interested me. And simultaneously, I was taking entrepreneurship classes and learning more about technology. And I saw, you know, kind of a, an opportunity to utilize technology to enhance some of the experiences in recruiting and athletics in general. So that's yeah. kind of what got me, you know, started and down that path. Yeah. And, and Gray came in later. Um, and Gray, I've never even talked to you about this before, but what I thought was interesting just in learning about um, how technology companies are built and everything that, you know, as you were working on Ara, you were also working on four or five other different projects because that's what young tech entrepreneurs do is they work on four or five or six things and one of them uh, might hold and take off. And fortunately, this was the one that did. But what was it that attracted you to um, the idea, the mission behind it, and even just, you know, the challenge of setting up this technology that coaches were very clear in telling all of us what they wanted. And then your job was to, to lead the effort in overseeing the structure of how it was built. So what was it about this project that you kind of, uh, 
that, that really appealed to you or, or drew your interest? It was really the, the size of the opportunity to solve the problem there that we just saw there's so many issues. Like you, you look across to the business world and a lot, they have all this so much developed technology, but no one's really bringing that into the athletic world. And because, and there are just so many problems that you could solve. And so it was a great opportunity to like really kind of get down uh, a space that we could really kind of start to take ownership of and transform and really kind of make it better for everyone, for our black director, to the coaches, to the athletes, to recruits. There's so much opportunity there to help people. And that's what really drew me to the to it all. Yeah, well, you have both done a great job. It's great to be partners with you and, and our larger team in this effort. So um, so you're you're both experts. That's why you're on. And we, we don't wanna talk about um, Ari necessarily, although it might come up in, in just different things that we talk about. We're going to talk about trends that coaches need to know about as they move into this really challenging 2020, 2021 recruiting and school year, we're going to focus on five. We could probably have 10 or 15 that were picked out that, that you could talk about, but we want to limit it to five that would be the most important that would uh, impact coaches and their athletic departments, their own individual programs, the soonest. So I'm going to just talk about uh, these five trends that the two of you have identified and we'll have some conversations around that. And the first one is, if social media, which is a huge popular topic among college coaches, they're really into social media. They really want to do a good job with social media. Um, we, I know for them, have highlighted some different platforms that they need to be aware of. There's a lot out there and there's a lot emerging, and especially um, with, with the younger generation, with high school kids and college kids that are coming up, that sometimes coaches aren't aware of right at the beginning of those uh, as that wave begins to crest a little bit with those new technologies, new platforms. So uh, what are the things that coaches need to be aware of that might be things that, you know, influential platforms they might have to become involved with here in the next, let's say six to 24 months? What do you see on the horizon? Well, I would say the biggest kind of, you know, um, elephant in the room is TikTok. Um, I would, if you're not on TikTok now, or at least viewing, I'm not saying you don't have to be posting a ton, but you need to be aware of how the platform works, how people are interacting with it. You know, that's a big one. I would just start using, utilizing that in parallel with, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, basically every platform. You know, it's kind of not to put more work on the coach's plate, but and we'll talk later about how to automate some of these things. So it's not as much work, but you should have some presence on, you know, every single social media platform. Right. And the good what, thing, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to ask, and, and Gray, you can jump in here too, but the, um, why has TikTok become so popular? Like, what is it about the format or... The, the app that has made it something that, you know, all the other social media platforms, uh, you know, that try to make an emergence into the market and can't, this one did. I'm just wondering, what was it about it, just from a user standpoint? Why is it so popular with student athletes, kids, and that generation? I would say, and Greg, you can chime in after. I would say just because it's fun. Like, there's no, you know, on Instagram, Facebook, there's, you know, you want to look your best. You want to, you know, there's that kind of social norms of that with TikTok. Mm -hmm. You know, people are dancing. There's not, you're not worried about your, you know, girl's makeup or whatever. You know, it's just having fun, just more, more human interactions, just kind of goofy. And yeah. people like that. You know, you don't want to always feel like you're under a microscope. And with TikTok, it's just easy. You can post things. You're not going to be, you know, judged and things like that. I think that's on the, you know, student athlete and user side. That's why I think it's kind of been adopted pretty quickly. Right. Right. I really think Luke had the nail on the head there that it's just, it feels welcoming. Instagram kind of has this whole, Soul stigma of like, oh, it, it's your best foot forward. Mm -hmm. TikTok doesn't have to be. It's just a friendly foot forward. 
It's um, it's almost like you saw in the early days, like Twitter and Facebook, you know, everyone's still posting on there. It was just almost like a stream of consciousness. And now people look to TikTok because, I mean, look at the viewership of YouTube. Uh, more people watch YouTube than they use cable. And so TikTok is closer to YouTube than it is to something like Instagram. It's not about their life. It's about a little piece of like entertaining media. It's about like eight to 10 seconds. It's a mini quick YouTube. And the nice thing about it is because they're so short, you build up such a library. And as people watch those videos, they feel like they're connecting with you. And that's why I'm a great opportunity that presents for coaches. Yeah, right. And you know, I think one of the intimidating factors since you brought up TikTok uh, is for a coach in his or her, you know, late 20s, 30s, 40s, uh, 50s, there's, there is that aspect of, wait, I've always tried to look my best, or I always have to brand my program, or I always have to have the perfect background. And what I hear you two talking about, in which I've seen on TikTok as well, is it really is, uh, there's all sorts of, you know, add-ons and filters and, and things you could do with TikTok. But at the core, you, I think you both are identifying this really interesting thing is that it's really just you with a camera doing something, talking about something, participating in a challenge. And you both mentioned sort of the humanity about that. I would ask, so what, what's, why are we attracted to that? Why are we attracted to just sort of the, the, I'll say the normalcy, but just the, the, the plain nature view of seeing somebody do something or talk about something on TikTok? I would say, you know, in my opinion, over the last 10 years, as far as in terms of technology and my, you know, uh, activity with it is, you know, I feel like coaches were trying to, once social media came out, they're trying, like Gray was saying, put your best foot forward and kind of, you know, not act like something that you're not, but just kind of, you know, be, we can edit this part out, I'll, I'll forget to answer it. But um, no, just like, uh, it, it's more natural, you know, it's not, it's not like you're sending out a mass email, like people are, are very aware now with things that aren't, you know, real and they're be, being better at identifying BS a little bit, to right. be honest. So right. I think, you know, so like TikTok and any, you know, platform like that just makes it more natural to connect or you can kind of chime in more. Yeah, that's because when you look at it, always like Instagram, like it's all about, like, oh, it'll be a high flute, like what's the nicest thing you did today? And people don't exactly empathize with that. Like it looks nice, but it doesn't develop a relationship, it doesn't develop empathy. But TikTok, it's almost like they're opening up their vulnerability by acting so goofy or so weird. And there's something very human about that that really kind of creates a connection between the two, especially when someone's younger um, and if they're more insecure. All those kind of younger kids, those teen years, kind of still figuring out what they want to do. Um, everyone on TikTok is the same way. Right. Yeah. And so that's one, and that's certainly a platform we've been an advocate to, for coaches to get involved for all those reasons that it is, it kind of is a little bit of transparency into who you really are. I think, I think athletes especially love to see their coach sort of take down that exterior, that tough exterior and just be a, a regular person and have fun. So it's a way to connect. Are there other platforms that are coming up behind TikTok that coaches either could take advantage of being on early or that they're gonna you know, probably start hearing about in six, 12, 18 months that, that we would wanna give them a head start in knowing about? As far as social media platforms, uh, none that come to mind right now. Um, however, I, there, we're going to talk a little bit later about it. But House Party is a is a video platform that not as much social media, but it's a new new technology, new platform that I think you know athletes and just the younger generation like. It's for kind of like Zoom, but more a little more friendly. We can talk about it later too. Um, but my advice for that would be, you know, 
the position that coaches are in, it's pretty ideal that you're having, you know, that freshman class coming in that will just, they are that generation. They just came out of high school. So inter, include them in these conversations, maybe have like a weekly social media meeting and say, what are you guys using? What have you heard about? You know, a lot of coaches kind of keep it separate, social media with their current athletes and what they're using. But really the answer is right in your, you know, your roster. So if you just talk with your athletes and see what they're using, see what's up and coming. I would also recommend maybe Gray and I use, uh, or use uh, an app called Smart News. It's just a news aggregator and there's a section for technology. So you can set notifications for new apps coming up, things like that. But you know, the name is Smart News as it's spelled. So if you guys want to look into that, I've seen that's really helpful to kind of identify trends and you know, new, thing, new things that are happening throughout you know, the day or week. Right. Yeah, and actually bounce off that smart news too, kind of like going this little segue. Um, what's cool about that is you're able to set categories of topics. And so, okay, well, you as a coach, um, you might not have the same interests that these teenagers do, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't be aware of those topics because that's great opportunities for conversation starters. So, you know, you can take, uh, you can set some of those categories of some of those topics, maybe like lifestyle or what have you, and then be able to pull these current events and then instantly take that and go talk to your recruiters and spell them. It's a great opportunity there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that so let's let's set that up as as the first piece of, of technology advice of certainly getting involved with TikTok, being aware of of what else is, is coming up through the use of, of smart news. That's good. Um, there's also this thing of moving to, to sort of the second tip that you guys want to talk about. Uh, a lot of coaches have been stymied because they haven't been able to be on campus. The in-person visits that they used to do right now are hard to do. And certainly that could change. And as you're watching this video, maybe after the summer of 2020, um, you know, things could have been back to normal. But there still is this challenge for coaches to try to interact with, with athletes remotely. Um, and so I'm curious to know what you two see as the tools best to do that and sort of how do coaches work around successfully using technology, this hurdle of either my school, my school is shut and I can't bring kids to campus to, uh, to, to showcase what we have, or even when the, the campus is open, we're in uh, Florida and the prospect is in Oregon and they can't work out a time to get here. Or they can't afford to take a flight on their own, but I want to show them campus. What are the best ways to do that? What have you seen coaches that, that Ari is now working with um, what are they doing to sort of bridge that gap? Yeah, um, I would say, I mean, definitely utilizing Zoom and video platforms and doing that as much as possible, whether that's completely replacing recruiting trips and making it more exclusive and sending out, you know, the Zoom invite to just a certain you know, handful of athletes or just doing a full, you know, send it to every recruit you have where they can kind of, you know, jump on. And Gray we can talk about a little bit more too, but we were talking earlier uh, in the week about how, Kind of zoom calls in my opinion have made some relationships more meaningful to a certain degree you know it's kind of uh you know letting them in your house like i'm in my house dan you know you're in your office at your house if you have kids coming in you know you kind of get to see the side of the coach in their life that you didn't before you know before it's at it you know they're in their uh you know, their polo with their logo at their office it's you know you know what you're getting you're signing up for but with the zoom call you know i would recommend making it more personal and you know letting them know you have kids letting them know you have a wife or a husband you know right. It's, I, I kind of like that aspect of Zoom, and I think it's going to be um, effective in terms of you know those relationships. And then as far as other alternatives, I mentioned House Parties, one Google Hangouts, obviously FaceTime. You can do a group FaceTime, um, and then I think most uh, Facebook and Instagram have video capabilities now, where you can right. video call through there. Right. Uh, 
So really utilizing similar, like I said earlier, in terms of being on all platforms, I'll try to utilize every video platform out there if you can. So, so with House Party and you know, full disclosure, I haven't been on that. So difference between that and Zoom, like for a coach that's thinking, okay, well, what's that? Is it better? Is it different? How, what are the, why would a coach want to use that instead of Zoom? Yeah, so it's a little less uh, formalized. So it's not, you don't set a time, like a Zoom call is, you know, you set it for 10 a.m. or whatever. With House Party, you go in, it's kind of like you're having a house party. So you, you start it and then people can join your house party and join the video. So it's more kind of laid back. So you can say, you know, we're gonna have a house party this time or you just go and it will notify all of your followers that you're having a party and people can jump in. So, right. a bit so more a coach, yeah, so a coach could just say, hey, four o'clock, you know, this afternoon, I'm doing, you know, house party at, you know, and we'll be yeah. on our campus walking around. If you wanna jump in, love to have you type of thing. Or if you, you know, so if you have your athletes on your contacts on your phone, you can add all those contacts if they're on house party. And kind of like Instagram Live, where you, it notifies if someone's going live. If someone's having a house party, it will notify all of your followers, and they can hop in, and their video will be on. So it's more of a kind of conversational party party style. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important to look at what are the opportunities of the situation we're in. So one of them, like you were saying, with house party. So it used to be a part of that. Like they come to campus, you know, you go corral your athletes, and then you can only bring that in that comment of the recruiting their athletes that one time on campus. Well, now you can go and set up these video conferences. You can bring in other athletes, other recruits, and really draw, allow them to build a relationship, not just with you, but then the other people on the team. Right. Yeah. And maybe, uh, maybe even including your alumni in that, you know, like Grace said, there's no, there's no limits anymore. You can send it, you know, let everyone in your, on your CRM on, hopefully, right. it's, hopefully it's Ari, but Front Rush or whatever, blast it to, you know, everyone say, hey, alumni hop on, just make it more, the more the merrier. You're not confined by how many people you can fit in your office anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the whole idea of distance now is, is gone. It's not there. So if you want to bring someone in, if you want to bring in, uh, like Stuart says, hey, I'm really interested in biology. Well, pull in a biology professor. Pull in right. other people from the university. They're all available now to you to work like this. Right. And another thing to touch on Zoom, I feel like people kind of treat it like their, their business office almost. And with everything going on, it's an amazing opportunity that everyone's in the same boat. We're all living through this experience together. The sound you have an amazing something in common with that recruit. So talk about that experience. Well, no, like, yeah, I'm in my house. They're, they're in their house too. Everyone's living through it together. And so really embrace that connection. Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting because in both of these first two points, you brought up this theme of transparency, which, you know, certainly video apps allow you to be that, be more transparent, house party, just joining in and maybe it's just, it's you, it's unscripted. And I'm going to ask both of you because both of you are, are uh, markedly younger than I am and where a lot of coaches are. Um, what is it about transparency in terms of being attracted to a program or organization, business, whatever it is, like why, why is your generation looking for transparency? Why do they value that so much? It's a, a great question. Um, it's just it's 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 better. It's nicer to, to be to talk to someone and you know their you know their intentions. And you know, I think our generation was so used to. In my opinion, it's just how we were interacting with social media and kind of just giving all this information at one time. You know, blasted Facebook, Instagram, all you know back to back in the last ten years. And then I think we all, as a generation and the younger gen generation before, we're still utilizing technology, but we definitely took a step back and. You know, kind of realize that, you know, we want to utilize technology to leverage connection, but we also want to utilize technology by um, 
kind of highlighting transparency and highlighting who you are, you know, who you're like and things like that instead of just content, more meaningful content. Right. Yeah. And the, the world is smaller, the smallest it's ever been. And now today people are constantly bombarded with messages and brands and companies. And so the way companies have cut through that is through creating that emotional connection. Now you can't just have a logo. Now you have to stand for something. Everyone right. does. Right. And so it's created that expectation that of interacting with an organization or an entity or anyone really that you're going to have that emotional connection. It's more necessary now that's ever been. It's standard. That, that, that brand, if, if you are an association with that brand, if you're the coach at the school, um, that transparency, that interaction almost helps define what the brand is all about or that you're, you're introducing a positive aspect to, uh, to that brand, which I think is really interesting. So that's, that's great. Okay, so number three, we're gonna move on to point number three. Um, we've talked about Zoom and we talked a little bit about House Party. Um, we wanted to talk about alternatives to Zoom. We did that a little bit. So maybe are there different things, are there things that we didn't mention, number one, in, in going into uh, you know, House Party and some of the other things besides Zoom? Certainly there's, there's FaceTime, there's, you mentioned all of the different um, social media platforms have some sort of video component where either you can put video out or have have a live video. Um, but maybe can you just expand on that? You know, just not that Zoom is bad. I think everybody has learned to use Zoom and utilize it, but um, you know, the other the other things that might be alternatives to that. Yeah, I mean I think we touched base on most of them, um, but I can just outline them quick quickly again. Zoom, you know, I think it comes down to personal preference on what you, you know the interface you like and what your athletes are using maybe. All of them are pretty easy to you know use. It's just the, you know the link, but I'd say Zoom, Google Hangouts, uh, or Instagram, you know, video on there, and then House Party. I think is going to be uh, it's already you know blown up in popularity right now. I think it's only going to be more so as we go. So maybe hopping on there. Um, Gray, are there any other ones that you can think of? I think the big one's the native one, FaceTime. Yeah. All all these kids, everyone their age has an iPhone, and so I'll be honest, if you want to really reach out to them. You kind of need an iPhone too to set that FaceTime. <laughs> and like, I mean, I used to see my family a few times a year. I'm closer now with this whole thing than my family that I've ever been. And even though I haven't seen them in so long, but we're constantly FaceTiming. And right. it kind of creates that standard of like, oh, it's okay now to video call. You just right. kind of pop in and video call a person. Right. Um, especially uh, kids are known to hate phone calls. But a video call is a different feel. Right. And then once you really build up that natural connection through it, um, it feels much more natural. So now you're able to bypass the phone call entirely for a new, more personal standard and build the relationship even faster. What, what I think is interesting is that back when there was a lot of flying going on, I did a lot of flying and you walk around airports. And what I thought was interesting was, and we saw a lot of it right after the, the new year, um, I was noticing it anyway, people that were on video calls they were holding the phone up here talking while they were on the video call, not even looking at the video. And the other person I could tell wasn't looking at the video, but they were still using video calls to make the phone call. And you bring up something really interesting, Gray, the, the idea that it's more comfortable for, a, for maybe a student athlete, a prospect to get on a video call with a coach versus a phone call where they don't have to show their face. So, help explain to, to coaches maybe why, why is that? Why is it more comfortable to jump on a video call and not to worry if I, whether I look at you or not, it's, it's a video call versus you're calling my phone and I don't have the option of that. 
I feel like it's the idea of that kind of transparency. You're able to see the look on the person's face. How are they receiving your information? Are they actually listening to you? Are they doing something else? Um, it's the phone call is you're just talking into like almost this void and you have no <laughs> idea what the person thinks of you. And that's, yeah. that's scary. That can be very intimidating for someone that young. Right. So, so would, both of, would both of you agree that it's, that if you were a student athlete back, you know, put yourself back in high school, you would have rather had a coach do a video call with you versus just a regular phone call. Absolutely. No one gets a video call to be told they're in trouble. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I would definitely, definitely rather a, a FaceTime over a phone call. That's good. On the athlete side, it's more, like Gray was saying, it's more personal. It's, if you're doing that, they, it, they definitely recognize that you're putting in more effort to make that connection. You're not just clicking dial, you know, you're scrolling a little over, clicking FaceTime, it's more effort in, and you're putting in more thought while you're trying to make that connection. Right. Right. Man, those are great points. So that's really good for coaches to know. Um, let's move on to number four, this whole idea of automation. Um, one of the things I love about what you guys and all of us have created with Ari is this aspect of some artificial intelligence and some machine learning that will only begin to expand as the years go on in that product that coaches are using. But from an automation standpoint, it can go much simpler than that because it, it can impact coaches now in their daily life, especially like, for instance, social media. Um, so what are the ways you see coaches using automation uh, and the technology that drives that in the social media and some of the, the communication platforms that they are using with recruits? Um, yeah, we can go into it. And just before we go into that, just want to touch base on automation in general. In my opinion, you know, automation can kind of be frowned upon sometimes, but automation, we utilize it at RE and in general to fuel productivity. So it's not something that's replacing what you're doing, but it's, it's helping run, you know, run in parallel with what you're doing. You know, it's helping you coach better, take it off your plate and automate it, you know, but in a personal way. And Gray's done an amazing job and our team has done a great job of, of automating things, but keeping that personal connection and personal touch to it as well. So I think that's key while we talk about some of these tools to make sure these are great tools, but while you're utilizing them, take, you know, take into consideration that personal approach to try to, you know, intertwine it somehow. Um, but yeah, we'll split up. So our, our fourth point and our fifth point are kind of both related to automation. The fourth point I'll kind of cover with, some tools specifically for social media and um, you know posting and management and things like that and then gray is going to talk uh, on the fifth point more on sure yeah so it's automation if we if we take number points four and five of this automation for communication social media and then automation within your own office within your own uh program that that might be helpful so yeah on the on the communication social media side what what do you see as the priorities yeah, so um, I would say utilizing apps like Hootsuite, Hoot, H-O-O-T, and then um, Buffer is another one. So both of these platforms allow you to schedule and plan your social media posts. So you can link up your, your Instagram, your Twitter, your Facebook, your LinkedIn, and you can schedule. So let's say on Sunday, you know, you don't want to be posting throughout the week. That's not what you like to do. Now, if you want to schedule three tweets on Monday, four tweets on Tuesday, one Instagram on Wednesday, you know, whatever you want to do, you can do that on those apps that I just mentioned. So it makes it really easy to kind of take it off your plate because I know social media can be daunting and the fact that you have to always do it. So it, you know, if you're not doing anything on a Sunday, they're great apps to kind of plan right. what's going on throughout the week. You know, automatically. And, and, and to jump in too, because I use, I use Buffer and I really like that as a tool and Hootsuite is the same type of thing, that if you preset your tweets to go out or your social media posts, Instagram posts to go out, that doesn't mean that you can't jump in and still do it live through the app, through Instagram or Twitter, 
So it's not, you have to do one or the other. It's one is sort of maybe just the foundation of what might be going out and if you see stuff happen or you want to post as things are happening in the day, you can still do that. There's something right. to make that. I think, I think it's even more important to emphasize that, like you said, that can be the foundation, you know, the basis. And then the time that you would have been on social media before you can use um, to engage, like actually communicating with them on social media instead of just posting things. So you can have your posting be scheduled and then your engagement is natural, you know, throughout the week, which right. Right, is uh, helpful. Um, and then as far as other automation tools um, for emails, you know, most email clients now, whether it's Outlook, Gmail, uh, Ari, or, you know, FrontRush, you have, you have ways to email and or schedule your emails to go out. We have one client that does not like emails, do not, does not like sending their mass emails. So they're using us on Sunday, kind of same, same concept, but scheduling all the emails to go out that week, you know, at the, to the minute. So just using tools that can, you know, will take off the, the pain of having to think about, oh, did I send that email or what day or time you have to send it? You can just, you know, automate when it's going to go out and personalize it using, you know, placeholders and things like that. And that's right. kind of what I mentioned earlier, making sure you take that personal touch and making sure it's not, you know, an automated message that you can tell is automated. Sure, sense. sure. Well, I mean, it's automated in the sense that you're not having to, you're not, you know, you're not clicking send. doing it live at the time, but it doesn't mean that, like, to your point, it doesn't have to sound automated or look like a mass mail message it, you know that's just that comes down to language so yep. yeah i agree with you yeah it's so great oh go ahead Luke. i was just gonna say Greg, are there any other tools you can think about hoots or um, hootsuite and buffer are the biggest ones i think for social media and like i said for the emails and scheduling all that most most email clients allow you to do that already yeah and um you can always see like how far you can get with the tools you have on hand twitter i believe has now made native that you can schedule tweets so there's one just right out of the way. You don't have to go pay for another tool. It's what something you already use. Um, Outlook, I know. I schedule emails on Outlook all the time because I work late and I almost get an email at 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. so that comes especially handy for us late workers. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of get used to it. It's really nice just cue something up and like just get off your plate early. It's just relaxing. And then you're able to focus on other things, more important things in front of you. Right, right. Uh, so and if we switch over the automation conversation to the internal system, because I, I think this is where coaches haven't given this a lot of thought, Gray, where, you know, their budgets are being cut, their staff in some cases is being reduced, or they certainly can add staff maybe like they wanted to. You have a lot of coaches that it's just them and maybe a part-time assistant on the court or on the field that they have help with. So they, they're short-staffed in some way, and they don't have a lot of you know, traditional um, maybe personnel in place where, you know, before I had, you know, four people in my office that could help me and now maybe they don't because of some of the cutbacks that are going on. So what are some good automation tools when it comes to a coach's internal system? And every, that doesn't, that goes beyond recruiting. That could be a lot of different things. And I'm asking you that because, um, you sort of led the team with Ari in automating and creating this very efficient structure that enables everything to run very smoothly, but also, you know, for us to know about a, a need from a coach that uses Ari almost immediately and that problem gets solved within a couple of hours, that's not a bunch of humans, you know, trading paper back and forth. That's all due to, you know, the automation of the tools that, that you've helped implement. So big picture, what, what can coaches be aware of that are that's out there that would be highly productive tools that they could, that they, that they could use for themselves? Absolutely. So here at Auto Use, gosh, we use so many different tools. They're made 12 to 15. And the crazy thing is that every single one of them talk to each other. They're yeah. all in 
sync. They're always on the same. And, and let me jump in and ask too, great. How, those 12 or 15 tools, being realistic, how many people does that replace? In, a, in a, If this was 15, 20 years ago, how many people would have had to do that job in an office that, that right now then those 12 or 15 tools do? 50, 50 to 100, I'd say. 50 yeah, to I, 100. I, yeah. It's, it's an immense amount. I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, we live in such an amazing time. Marketing tech, which every coach, and you don't know it, you're a marketer and you're a salesman. Marketing tech has blown up. There is a tool for every single task or job you could possibly think of across administration, finance, um, everything. That's a startup world. Look, Ari, we're a CRM. We're in the midst of it. And what's happened is this that now every single tool is recognized that they have to talk to each other. And so to briefly get a little technical, all these tools have a thing called API, an application programming interface. And that is basically the portal that is used to connect these tools. And so all these tools have to talk to each other, but people, how do programmers make them communicate and work together? That's where this, these two middleware applications come in. The big ones I'd say are Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R, and Integromat, I-N-T-E-G-R-O-M-A-T. Um, we use both um, extensively. So for instance, um, if you ever fill out a form on Ari, well that then we get a notification on Slack and that creates the profile in our internal CRM. And then it's less other people know. It's like, oh, hey, well, let's go reach out. And then we check. And then automatically it checks. So you're like, oh, um, does this guy know Dan? And so all that happens at once. You can't imagine the amount of time that it takes a single person to do that all um, in one instance. And so yeah, that, it's literally that happens in, in seconds. In yeah. seconds. Seconds. <laughs> um, and so at first, these, tool, these tools have done a great job of making the job of automation less intimidating, but it's one of those things that the sky's the limit. You can, you can automate your entire system. So, okay, so Gray, compliment to you. You're really, really smart on the technology side. If I was the 53-year-old coach that's listening to this saying, well, it sounds good, but are those things, like, could I, could I do that? Like, what, what are the things that I would need to do to make that, to make that happen? Do I, do I need to learn programming, like, or is this stuff, you know, that's something that it's not, not intimidating for a coach. If they really wanted to look at automating and speeding up the way that their internal office worked, that they would be able to do that. They would be able to. That was the beauty of these tools is that there's these two companies now are dedicated to constantly bringing down that learning curve of automation. And so you're able to automate and connect your applications with a drag and drop interface. Um, some very common tools that coaches use, uh, Google Sheets, massively powerful. You use that as your database for a lot of stuff. You're able to connect that to anything. Um, other ones, Slack communication tools. You can use for automated emailing. Um, a big one. So let's say when a recruit submits a form, um, if you're not using R, you're using in our secondary form website, well, where does that go? You could set up an automation that would then add that record to your Google Sheet for tracking contacts and then send you a Slack notification with information so you know to reach out. And imagine that, that not only saves you time, but allows you to operate faster. Now everyone's on the same page, because in any office, the thing that takes the most time is communication. Right. And so that's what these tools help 
on they automatically communicate between everyone to ensure they're on the same page. As you're, as you're saying that, I think a lot of coaches would the way they're doing it now is traditional way it's been done in, in college athletic departments is all this stuff is going to happen over the next five or six days. We'll have a recruiting meeting on Friday and everybody will sort of get on the same page. And what you're saying is that that could be done in real time as it's happening. There doesn't need to be a catch up thing once a week. This is actually being done in different college athletic departments. And a lot of them are using, again, compliment to you guys, especially are they using Ari to make this happen, but it's, it's based on the idea that this is, you need immediate feedback, you need immediate notification so that you can act immediately because if your competitor gets to that prospect with a response five days before you do, just because you haven't had your stupid meeting yet uh, <laughs> in the office, that they're gonna win and you're gonna lose. And you know, somebody watching this probably doesn't wanna lose. Yeah, it's like, having a, it's like having a virtual assistant coach, the way I view it and the way Gray's kind of talked about it. Right. Just having a system that's constantly working 24 seven and uh, you know, it's faster, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, it's, it's like in some cases like having a virtual athletic department because if it's taking the job, you know, taking the role of 50 jobs to do it, you know, all in automation, that's, I mean, that's just incredibly powerful. And I think the big thing I want coaches to hear from this is what you two are saying is that this is stuff that you don't need to be a computer programmer and a coder to implement. This is, these are tools that are just available that can talk to each other that once you sort of understand how to, um, how to, uh, how to use them, then you can put them to work for, uh, for you. So as we wrap this up, is there anything that we didn't touch on from a technology standpoint that in the co course of this conversation, you sort of made a middle note of, hey, I, I, I also want to tell coaches about, about X that they should know before, uh, before we sign off. Yeah, I think there's this overall kind of stigma of technology is that the more technological advance you get, the less personal you get. And I, that's completely wrong. Mm. It allows you to be more personal. You're able to use these tools to reach out across this recruit from across the country. You're able to use these tools to save yourself time so you can dedicate your time elsewhere to being more personal and actually coaching. Because you coaches, you didn't come in here to manage spreadsheets. Let us do that. Let software take that. You came here to talk and work with people and use those tools available to do that your best. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it just increases your bandwidth and the amount of people you can talk with. And it's ideal, you know, not everyone does, but if you have assistance, it's just more people that can be involved in that automation than making each conversation more personal and letting technology fuel each connection. Right. And, you know, so I'm, I'm the way I'm hearing that too is, you know, that, that coaching staff that's, one or two coaches, they're always saying, man, if we could just be the football office and have seven, eight, 10 people that, that are working, you actually can. You have to be a little bit creative in how you do it, but there, it's there and you can achieve maybe some of, the, some of the same things. So, well guys, I really appreciate you kind of lending your technology expertise to this conversation and to the conference. Um, we're gonna put the contact information for both, for both of you up at the end of this. Um, uh, so if you're watching this, you have questions about anything that you heard about, uh, how to automate your office, how to um, improve the way that you track recruits and that whole process, just anything when it comes to efficiency and technology, uh, these are two guys that I highly recommend that, uh, that on the side note, do a great job of personally interacting with coaches and uh, they enjoy it. So I, I encourage you to, to uh, talk to them Look at that and look if, you know, 
uh, Ari is a great product. Here's my here's my 20 second commercial, uh, just because both of you are on is that it's what it has turned into is an amazing tool. And what makes me the proudest to be associated with it is it's efficiency and it works and it works way faster, way better than everything else out there. But it's also we've designed it in a way and built the company in a way where it's way, way, way less expensive than what everybody who has switched over to Ari has commented that it's much less expensive than what they were paying. So um, those are some reasons. So we'll put the, um, the information up to uh, go look at the product as well, because uh, I'm proud of it. I know these two are proud of it. Um, and they are, they're tech experts that you can trust. So again, guys, I appreciate you jumping in and lending your expertise to this and um, more good work ahead. And uh, again, coaches contact them with any technology needs how do you set something up on your iPhone? What's the best way to do this with my email? They can help and they're happy to do it. So like um, that's, what's that? Like a genius bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is, it's the virtual genius bar. And uh, that's what we want to, that's what we want to, uh, to be for coaches. So um, use them and uh, hopefully get a taste of maybe their expertise uh, when it comes to that. So Look, everybody, thanks for joining in for this session. As you scroll around, there's a lot more sessions to, to watch and look at, so we encourage you to do that. But hopefully this helped out on some of the technology questions you may have. And uh, we thank you for watching, and thank you for being a part of the National Collegiate Recruiting Conference this year. Thanks, guys. Thank you.